We have another business owner. What's up, people? How you guys doing? And welcome to another episode of Market Watch. Yes, sir. I'm your boy, Eric T. Jackson. And that's your other boy. Eddie Chania. Glad to be back again, man. Love to be doing this week in, week out. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We bringing the people what they want. That good stuff. Uh, we are a uh, financial uh, news show, information. Uh, everything we do, it's for you. It's for you, the public. Uh, you know, and we we've been uh, we've been put in this position to help others and to sort of guide people and, and have fun doing it. And this is one of the ways we're doing it. You know, take it for what it's worth. Uh, however you feel, leave them in the comments, good, bad, or indifferent. We love you. And oh, yeah. uh, uh, we are glad to be doing this show. This is number five, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, five, yeah. That's crazy hey. how fast weeks are going to go by, yeah, man. man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Uh, so this week, we're going to uh, uh, give you guys uh, some good stuff. We're going to talk about uh portfolios again uh we're gonna get into uh yields dividend yields uh, investing uh invested yields and, and that type of thing we'll talk a little bit about some sports contracts that are out there and and, and what that means for the players the uh the clubs things like that and uh we'll have some fun Let's get started. Uh, Eddie, let's talk about uh, portfolios, man. And I know you you, you uh, want to talk about defensive portfolios. So, so talk to me, talk to us about uh, what it takes to build a uh, defensive portfolio. Over so, you know, if you keep listening to the talking heads on TV, man, you know, mm-hmm. and all this stuff goes hand in hand, you start thinking about, you know, the R word that nobody ever wants to talk about. You know what I mean? That recession, right? The recession's coming. If we're bound to be a recession, right? You got the the uh, yield curves inverting, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're talking about being defensive, right? We're trying to find some defensive uh, investments that we can kind of stay in the test of time if things turn, you know, if we do fall to a recession and things turn, make a turn for the, take a turn for the worse. So defensive. We'll have some things that, yeah, that, that can actually, you know, try to hold up, right? So you're talking like some blue chip stocks, things that, you know, uh, uh, consumer staples, things that people are going to buy regardless, right? So people are still going to be drinking Coca-Cola. People are still going to be going to, uh, you know, Kroger and Walmart and H-E-B. They're still going to be buying Campbell's Soup, you know, so just trying to get a little more defensive as far as your investment strategy. So uh, is, is defensive stocks sort of like, would you consider them pandemic busters or was that like a little further? Over? Man, so, you know, as far as the pandemic, but I don't know if you saw today, man, Carvana. Carvana's in bad shape, man. Okay. Them jokers are down like 98% year to date since January uh-huh. and lost another 40% today. I know it sounds crazy. Like how's something down 137%? We got to just think it could go down <laughs> infinitely 40% every day. Right. Yeah. Um, but so you talk about some of those, uh, some of those pandemic busters, man, some of them, you know, are trying to make a, a rally to come back. And some of them are just, man, like Carvana boy, just bad, bad, bad. So, but anyway, we're talking about going back to that defensive stuff, man. You know, there are other things other than just stocks or funds or things that you can buy. You know, I mean, to be defensive, right? So, we yep. talk about a little bit about commodities, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe putting you know into uh, into some gold, uh, yeah. try to find some mutual funds, ETFs, 
uh, cash, cash equivalents, right? Nothing wrong with being in cash if, if you're worried about, you know, what the market's going to do or, you know, when, when you don't know what to do, it's okay to, to sit in cash and sit on the sideline. Yeah. Uh, it, it's not a, uh, it's not a bad thing. Like I said, I try to explain to people if, if, if you bought today was January 1st and uh, you bought a thousand dollars worth of Amazon, right? Amazon drops 10%. So now your thousand dollar investment's worth 900. Well, now you're hoping to, for Amazon to bounce back that 10% just to get back to even. Yep. And then for it to go up another 10% on top of that. So, I mean, you've lost 10%. So you need it to regain 20% before you finally start to turn that profit. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yep. So being able to, or being willing to say, you know what, man, I'm going to sit on some of this cash and, you know, nobody ever knows when the bottom of the market's going to hit. Right. So nobody knows, you know, to time the market is next to impossible. Right. You yes, know, up, yes. down, sideways, nobody knows any of that. Right. So once you start to see, you know, the bottom hit and, and, uh, you know, you start to see that maybe there's a rally starting to form again, man. And, you know, now it's time to jump back in. Well, now you've saved yourself from a lot of those losses and you've got cash to be able to buy, you know, I mean, some rock bottom prices. Yeah. Uh, you know, buying into some, you know, bonds. You know, one person I know hates when I bring it up, my dad, my father, hates when I talk about bonds. <laughs> I'm having a conversation with them. You know, my parents are retired, man, and I'm having a conversation with them uh, yesterday. Mm -hmm. uh, day before yesterday, and I said that, you know, there's no need to be as aggressive now, man. You know, you're aggressive when you're, you know, getting going and you're, you know, you're trying to reach that milestone. You're trying to get mm -hmm. there. I said, well, you've gotten there. So it's okay to, you know what I mean? To peel back and not be so great. You don't need those 20, 30, 40% gains. Don't get me wrong. They're great. Yeah. But you were retired. This is money that, you know, it's got to last you now. Right. So mm -hmm. he's like, I understand. I hear what you're saying. It goes against everything I believe in as an investor and everything. I said that, <laughs> I mean, it's okay, man. Like I said, if it keeps your money safe, being into, you know, having some money in bonds and if it keeps your money safe for a little bit until mm -hmm. markets start to settle down, you know, again, that's just another way to be, defensive as far as you know your portfolio and your your investment strategy absolutely absolutely so a, a defensive portfolio uh can consist of gold silver cash bonds and uh give me some stocks man give me some just, uh, just some defensive deals stocks. man so you know when you talk about defensive a lot of times talk healthcare okay. right people always going to need you know I mean to be in you know a healthcare Mm -hmm. uh, Campbell soup, right? So when, when the country falls into a recession and people are making less money, more and more people out of jobs, less people are going out to eat, more people are starting to cook at home. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I'm just using Campbell soup as an example, but you know, right. people now have Campbell soup, people are going to be buying it because they're not eating out as much. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So then some of the things that, that people are going to buy regardless, they're going to stay in test time, right? People are going to continue to drink Coke and Pepsi. Right. You know I mean? right. So, Absolutely. Things like that. Right. So, you know, some of those defensive deals are going to be, uh, like I said, your health care, uh, just really, so, you know, I mean, your consumer staples. Yeah, definitely. Like Johnson and Johnson products. Man, you know, it's funny you say that, man, because I was just talking to my dad about Johnson and Johnson looking at it, man. I really, really like Johnson and Johnson right now. Yeah, uh, me too. You know, again, company has been around forever, not going anywhere. Yeah. Right. Uh, when you talk about consumer staples, we're talking about the exact opposite of some of those, right? Consumer discretionary, right? So your Nikes right. and things like that, that people are like, hey man, you know, mom's out of work right now. She's looking for a job and, you know, yeah. we can't afford to go buy Nikes. Exactly. So we can damn sure afford to go buy some of this, you know, some of these groceries at, at Kroger and at H-E-B. And, and you know, toilet so. tissue and toilet paper. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, because people don't realize, uh, not that people don't realize, but, you know, mm -hmm. it does not, it, it doesn't hit home until, it actually hits home, right? So when those people, you know, somebody actually in the household, you know, you, you go from two incomes down to one income, mm -hmm. you know, now it's really time to cut back, you know? So a lot of times where it's like, oh yeah, I know we need to cut back, but if you really don't need to cut back, you don't really see 
you know, how it really is going to affect you because you really don't have to. Yep. And as soon as that one, two incomes come, becomes one income. Now you start saying like, oh man, time to cut back. You know what I mean? You know, can't eat out as much. You know what I mean? Can't go out. No, we can't go out and go to the mall. We can't go to urban air. Yeah. Did I lose you? Was that, was that my internet or yours? <laughs> hey, hey, man. Knock, knock. Who's there? Well, people, yeah, so just like Eddie was saying, uh, building a defensive portfolio is more important when you're uh, older, you know, when you have your things, uh, when you, you don't, there's no need to be as aggressive, you know, so uh, he'll probably be uh, logging back in here in a second, so uh, I'm going to just keep talking until he does. All right. And, uh, and we'll talk about this defensive portfolio. But so my, you know, I, I, I sort of put it synonymous with uh, the, the stocks as pandemic busters, but it's more than just that. It's the staples. It's the things that that are going to uh, continue to, to grow in time, even when there's not a pandemic, you know, so it's everything that uh, pandemic busters are and more, you know, uh, I was just, uh, you hear me? Yeah, I'm back on. I don't know what happened. My internet just cut out. <laughs> I was like, my Google screen went black. Zoom cut out. I was like, what is going on here? Man, is that man that canceled me already? We in that yeah, yep. cancel culture, man. <laughs> we said something wrong. Yeah, man. Someone <laughs> Zoom got mad at us. The, the trigger word was Campbell's suit. Yeah, yeah, no, man. Pandemic buster. Zoom got mad. Like, hey, we ain't no pandemic buster, man. Yeah, yeah, no. I was just uh, reiterating uh, what uh, a defensive portfolio was, you know, in, in my estimation, compared to what you was letting us know. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like, uh, like you were saying, when you're older, retired or close to retired, then a defensive portfolio is, is more important. You know, yeah, be a little more younger. You don't, yeah, you yeah. don't need such a defensive portfolio. Yeah, you're younger. You know what I mean? It's and it's all based on people's, you know, I mean, risk tolerance, right? Absolutely. Not everybody's okay with it, you know. And then one of those things is that people have to keep in mind is if you if you are afraid to lose that ten percent, then you you know what I mean. That 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 means you probably have less tolerance for risk. So based on you know bunch of factors, all kinds of questionnaires and everything. I'll tell you what you are, but yeah, I'm, I'm a proponent of when you're a younger man, try to be as aggressive as possible, man, and get after it. And then as you, you know what I mean, Absolutely. start getting into you know, those you years where you're leading to retirement, man, it's, mm -hmm. it's time to pull back a little bit. You don't need yeah, to be pull, as... Pull back, yeah. Moderate. If you're scared to lose 10%, though, man, you don't need to be in the market. Yeah, I mean, if you're you scared to lose 10%, yeah, just, just put your money in a savings account, put it in the yeah, bank. Get a CD or something like that, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, but you know, there are people out there that are, you know, they, that check the market every day and like, oh my God, I'm losing money, I'm losing money. Yeah. Like, man, they, you know, we're in this for the long haul. So let's yeah. not, let's not freak out and let's not lose. Absolutely. Because you know I mean? 
when it's green and you're up, yeah, you know, it know that that's what you know. People need to see both sides of the coin and and, and you know understand or have perspective that you know it's not always going to be red, not always going to be green. That's right. They're loaded. What would I say? It ain't all bad, but it ain't all good, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm no English major. I'm no English professor by any means. But look, I know that I'm a math guy, and I know I like to see commas being added, not taken away. Already, like everybody else, that yeah, yeah. I'm be losing like everybody else. But understand that you know, again, this is a long term deal, and yes. with the market being cyclical, it's going to go yeah. up and it's going to go down. And yeah. when it goes down, there's chances, you know, buying opportunities. And when it, when it goes up, yeah. you know, when, when it's down, it's never as bad as it seems. And when you're up, it's never as good as it seems. You know? Yeah. And I so. and I will say this, like if you are uh, a solo investor, like if you don't have someone doing it for you, you're doing it for yourself, and and you're buying stocks that you maybe have researched, and they're losing, losing, losing. In 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 a bull market, you losing. In a bear market, you losing. Then maybe you should try defensive stocks <laughs> or a defensive yeah, portfolio. You know, know. So food and beverages, right? The food. You might not be able to pick them too well. I'm with you, yeah. And a lot of times, I mean, when it comes down to that stuff, sometimes, man, it is okay to ask for help, man, and go yeah. seek somebody that knows, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Maybe it's just better for you to, you know what I mean, to to jump in something like an ETF or, you know, something that's kind of matching the market, just yeah. something's a little safer. But, you know, when you talk about defensive, man, tobacco, alcohol, especially yeah. in time of recession, things, you know, times get stressful, people yeah. are still smoke cigarettes, they're still going to be drinking. Yeah. Right? So your, your household products, things of that sort, just ways to right. be able to find companies that, you know, going to stay in the test of time. Yeah. Uh, you know, blue chip companies, right? Some you know, even even more so ones that are paying dividends. So I like I like the word defensive. So you have a defensive portfolio. So it it's guarding against losing your money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it essentially it is. Now that's not to say that just because you have a defensive portfolio that you're not going, you know, that the, that it's not those those companies won't be affected as well. Mm -hmm. But understand that, you know, you have a I guess the likelihood of you losing as much is greatly reduced when you start being more defensive and putting into things. Right. So, yes. you know, the dollar starts to drop, right. And gold starts to appreciate. So, you know, mm -hmm. you're in gold and mm -hmm. that's another thing with diversifying the portfolio, making sure that, you know, you have assets mm -hmm. that are negatively correlated. Right. So when these mm -hmm. are up, these might be down, but that's fine because when it flips, right. So you're able mm -hmm. to still kind of capitalize on some gains uh, may not be as much as you like, but again, it's a way to kind of, you know, manage risk inside of already. already. So then if you have a hundred thousand to burn and, and you want to uh, be aggressive, that's what, that's an offensive portfolio. Uh, you know what, man, I, it's just being aggressive. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm yeah, trying to yeah, just, just be, I, I, you know, I realistically, that's a good question because I've never heard of it having an offensive portfolio, but defensive just, you know, I mean, like I said, protect yourself. And a lot of that comes to man, just finding solid companies. I mean, there's a lot of those guys that pay, you know, I mean, decent dividends, man. So you can, right. you know, you continue to make money on top of your money. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a way for these companies to give back, you know, to the people that are investing in them and, you know, mm -hmm. they share in their profits. And, you know, so if you can find some of those again, especially with a company, something like 3M that's paying almost $6 a year per share. Mm -hmm. right? I mean, mm -hmm. that's good. If you have one share, I mean, they're going to mail you $1.50 every quarter. Doesn't sound I like a bunch. IEP, $8 a year. Yeah, you know what I mean? So if you look at stuff like that where, you know, $6 a year doesn't sound like much. Well, now you start saying, hey, you know what? Well, guess what? I got a thousand shares. Mm -hmm. so now that's $1,500 a quarter. You know that's what I mean? you want to work up to. Absolutely. Yeah. And some of that stuff ends up, you know, I mean, like I was telling my dad, I said, dad, you end up getting these, you know, some of these dividend paying stocks, man, that, that pay good dividends and good dividend yields. 
I mean, that, that stuff there where you retire, where you don't have to take money from your retirement as far as your withdrawals and, and worry about paying bills. You know what I mean? If you're, mm-hmm. if you're making $6,000 a year in, in dividends, that alone could help pay little things, right? Uh, your, your internet bill, right? Your electricity, your water. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. That's in the now that I don't have to use, you know, what I'm taking from my withdrawals to have to pay for those bills. So right. again, just another way to be able to be defensive and there are plenty of companies out there that pay good dividends and, and, and yep. take care of, uh, uh, take care of their, you know, their investors. Yeah. Yeah. And we will get into, uh, into, uh, some, some, some dividends, uh, probably next, next show. Cause I, I really want to dive deep into a lot of different dividends. Cause, cause, you know, with, with dividends, man, you can touch on a, a lot of different aspects of, of a stock. And I want to, I want to do that like, like one, one show. Yeah, man, uh, put that on. Yeah, we'll make sure. one show of it, man. Just you know, really dig in deep, man, and, and explain to everybody out there, like, hey, why these dividends, why companies pay dividends, what a dividend is, why they're paying yeah. them, and yeah. why it's good to have some of your money and stuff. So let's talk about uh, an inverted yield curve. So that that sounds like a a, a vocabulary word to me. <laughs> Does it have uh, a SAT word, right? Yeah. <laughs> SAT prep class, man. Yeah, so we talk about yield curves, right? We're talking about the 10-year U.S. Treasury, right, and the two-year, all right? Okay. So when they are not inverted, you usually have the 10-year. It's got a higher yield, right? So longer duration, 10 years before it matures. So you're taking more risk. So naturally, it should come with a higher return, right? So increased okay. risk should equate to higher return, whereas if you are going with a two-year, right, less risk for, you know, uh, interest rates to change, less risk you could expect, you know, less of a return. Well, what happens is like what's going on now is you have the 10-year and the two-year have inverted. So now the two-year uh, bond, two-year bonds are now paying a higher interest rate than what the 10 years are paying, right? And now while it has never been, I can't say predictive, but it is highly correlated to recessions. I think the only time that it's ever like inverted like that and uh, and we didn't go as a recession. I think it was back in the '60s. You know what I mean? Hmm. So when everybody keeps saying, "Oh man, we're in a big recession, recession, recession," you know. So they, what I what I sort of noticed right away is that the two year yield is uh, giving you a higher yield in a bear market, and a ten year, I guess, in a in a bull market. Is that sort of right? I mean, do they invert based on no. the type of market it is? I think what happens is, you know, as the, you know, again, this comes down to a lot of the economic factors, right? So GDP, right? Economic growth is slowing down, right? You've got Mm -hmm. rates being raised and this, I mean, all the extra things that are going on in the market right now. And as these yields start to invert, right? So the two years paying more than the 10 year, Mm -hmm. it started, oh man, you know, freaking out, right? So it affects the markets, man. Oh man, what's going to happen? You know, are they going to continue to raise rates? When are they going to taper it off? I mean, there's just, there's so many aspects that go into that stuff but if everybody can just understand that when the yield curve is inverted it's because the two-year is paying a higher yield than the 10-year and that's usually a sign that we are probably headed into at least economic slowdown if not you know what i mean a recession now the recession could be short-lived i mean it could be the first quarter of 2023 and you know what guess what going to the you know q2 of 2023 and we're coming out of it you know what i mean the market starts to rebound uh, i mean it could be uh Six months could be two quarters. Uh, you know, there's times okay. also where so, so repeat we can already that. have that stuff priced in right now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. With, that, with the way the market has been just this year alone, that you know, 
a lot of stuff priced in so that if you know this yield curve stays inverted and 2023 starts off a little bit rocky, it may not be as long because again, we've kind of bared and and, and you know grinned and bared it through all you know most of 2022. Okay, say that again so people can really get that. Uh ah. the two year uh becomes a higher yield or pay, say that again. Yeah, so the when, when you have the inverted yield curve, right? Mm-hmm. That's when you have the rate that a two-year treasury note, the, the rate that they're paying is or rises above what you're going to get on the 10-year note. Right? So when the two-year starts to pay more than what the 10-year does, that's when it's something's, yeah, something's up. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, why is it that this is a short-term, you know, fixed income asset that I'm about to invest in and the short term is paying me more than what it is for the long term. If you're yeah. long term, there's more risk involved there, right? Because, you know, you're waiting 10 years for this thing to mature, we'll just say. Yeah. Well, you would think that because I'm taking more risk, I should be getting paid a higher yield for that. Or I should be making more interest on that than I would be if I'm only doing it for two years. Well, right. And when they invert the two years paying more than the 10 year, that's how you know, hey man, what's going on? So when that yield curve inversion happens, when they invert, uh, it has proceeded when that stuff happened. Has proceeded every you know uh, every recession I think said since like the 1960s. Uh, it's been like that. Yeah, man. So they said that the first yeah. I think clear uh, uh, inversion in 15 years I think was this year in July. Yeah, July of 2022. Yeah. Uh, and then there were you know some more brief, more shallow inversions uh, back in I believe August of 2019. I believe it was. And then again, earlier this year in April. So when that stuff happens, again. I wonder if there was an inversion in the 08 during the housing market collapse. Uh, that wouldn't surprise me. Right, right. It wouldn't surprise me either, but I'm just thinking thinking out loud. Let's see. I mean, this, look, let me tell you this. Something else that, you know, the public, you guys that watch us, man, that are viewing us, Understand this. We don't have all the answers. So as he's asking a question like that, guess what? I have this thing called the Google machine on my computer and I jump on that thing and I look it up, man. I have no problem saying that, uh, you know, if I don't know, I, I don't know, but I'll try to get you an answer. Amen. So it says here, so an inverted yield curve appeared in 2006. Okay. So, I mean, were we in the housing crisis? Like that was like right before the bubble popped, right? Yeah. 2006 yeah. was right before. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so it knew, it knew something was coming up. Yeah, man, and again, is that how some of these big companies uh, know when uh, recessions are happening? Also, so they can do with their money, you know, they can move their money around based on a recession about to happen. Based yeah, on, well, I mean, the, well, you look at it. I mean, you look at some of these companies, man. It's just, I mean, they continue to lay people off. Pepsi, I believe, is laying off hundreds of employees. I mean, it just it's happening more and more, which tells me again, you know, unemployment rate is going to start to go up a little bit. And naturally, in a recession, that's usually what happens. And, and there are a lot of every day because these companies are laying people off left and right. Man, it's, it seems like yeah. And again, the craziest thing is so counterintuitive that you know with the Fed raising rates and everything. Oh man, you know employment rates are still high, right? So we need unemployment. So we need people in America to lose jobs so the the economy can get better. <laughs> talked to my dad so, about that the other day. I said, man, that's so counterintuitive that matters. You know. When you think about it logically, that makes absolutely no sense. No sense. Like, don't it, you want people in America working? Don't you want, you know what I mean, for the economy to thrive and to flourish? Absolutely. It yeah, seems again, counterproductive, right? Yeah, man. It's, like, it's like crazy. That's, yeah. And yet, and yet I can see 
I mean, if if it's based on uh, too much money being in the economy and they're trying to slow it down, then I could see. I could see. Well, you got to lay people off to to slow the economy down. Yeah. You know, but if they were trying to speed up the economy, then laying people off would be counterintuitive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're you know when they're when they're ready to try to you know stimulate some economic growth again, that's when they will cut rates. Yeah. And when they cut rates, just makes money more available, right? So they increase the money supply. Okay. And uh, you know, and then again, that's why I said it's cyclical, man. So when we start doing, you know, countries doing too well, what do they do? Man, we got to raise rates, tighten up the money supply, right? All right, so so let me ask you this, normal, man. "Quote unquote normal," <laughs> whatever that is. Before we move on, man, uh, yep. let me let me get your expert opinion, your expert idea. So, so as as Joe Blow guy that uh, just trying to make it in this world, uh, what what philosophy should I have? You know, I mean, I, I know, you know, what what philosophy should I have when dealing with inverted curves and recessions and layoffs you know I, I might be putting you on the spot brother uh, no i mean look that's a really good question and i think that when when you start hearing that stuff man it can get scary yeah you know what i mean so biggest deal is again try to keep a job you know what i mean as much as possible Absolutely. i mean some of those things are out of your control i get that sometimes uh and don't stop contributing, like continue to contribute, especially if you're in some form of, you know, IRA, yeah, 401k. Yeah, continue to contribute that stuff, man, because it, it's going to pay off long term. Uh, but again, don't for one, don't be afraid to go out and seek help, you know what I mean, and ask people. But for the people that are, you know, like I said, Joe Blow, who doesn't know, look, I don't know how this recession is going to affect me. I have no idea what you're talking about when you're saying yield curves and dividends yeah. and all that stuff. Man, look, worst case scenario, continue to Contribute, continue to invest, and if nothing else, at least continue to put it in and hold it in cash until things start to stabilize. Because again, I'm not trying to be the bearer of bad news. I've been telling people for probably the last two, three years that we're due for some form of a recession. I mean, that's, mm -hmm. I mean, the market has been hot. Earnings estimates and earnings for you know company uh, earnings have just been. Uh, I mean, it's crazy. These multiples that they're trading at that you know we've been due for something like this for a little bit and. You know, and and it's coming. So as far as philosophy, man, I think just stay the course. Do not do not stop contributing. And when in doubt, it's okay to sit in cash. It is okay. Or again, start to try to build a defensive portfolio. Things that are going to uh, try to stay in the test of time, right? So again, mm -hmm. consumer staples, right? Personal products, tobacco, right? Your Procter and Gamble's, your Johnson and Johnsons. Mm -hmm. uh, these Healthcare. are just again examples. I'm not telling anybody to go out there and go buy these, uh, but just ways to be able to. Find a way to again stay diversified yep. and do it in a sense where you know things are going to, these companies are going to stand up or stand that test of time where they are going to be able to not drop as much in value because there are things that people are still going to buy whether we're in a recession or we're mm -hmm. in a boom, things that people are still going to be buying. Already, already. Okay, all right. So. Uh... Good deal on uh, inverted yield curve, man. Uh, that's good to know. You explained it pretty well, bro. You know, hope so, man. I know some of the stuff is very high level, and even sometimes I have to go through and read about it, man, and and then learn. And you know what I mean. But anytime we can try to, uh, I don't want to say dumb it down for everybody, but anytime right. we can try to make put in, you know, simplify, simplify it in, yeah, in yeah, simple yeah. terms, man, so yep. people can understand what's going on. So now you're sitting down, you know, 
hey, morning coffee sitting around, you know, man, at the job or something, hanging around the water cooler, and somebody starts saying, oh, yeah, man, here we're going to a recession. Now you can go and say, yeah, man, because the, the two-year and the 10-year yield, you know, inversion happened, and, you know, it's, it's always yeah. preceded a recession since the 60s. It's been a pretty Absolutely. good indicator of. You're going to have so. me look. I'm going to look out for that. One, one last question about that. So sure. how so how does a, a, a an average person uh, find out if it's inverted or not? Man, listen to the news, man. And every guy, you, you can get a bunch of information off of Yahoo. All okay. right, go to finance.yahoo.com and you can mm -hmm. check all this stuff. There's another one that I, I personally like. It, it, they do have a paid version, but it's called uh, the FT. So FT.com. Okay. And if you go to FT.com and I believe you go to markets and go to market data, you can scroll down to where it says bonds and it'll show you what the two years paying and the yield of the 10 year. And yep. if you see that the two years higher than the 10 year, well, then you know that's inverted. Yeah. And yeah. You know something about to happen. <laughs> something yeah something's happened and you know it's, it's never yeah. a good deal something like that is is you know on the uh horizon it's never great for yeah uh and then the thing yeah. is now that you have the information what are you gonna do with it like like you have the information now do with it what you will you know That's what i'm true. saying some people make wise decisions some people make you know won't as one of those right you can lead a horse to water right you can't make mm -hmm. them drink Absolutely. Absolutely. Unfortunately, that happens more often than we ever care to admit. But uh, mm -hmm. when it does happen, like I said, don't you, you you heard it here. I say you heard it here first, but you heard from us. And we kind of try to give you the forewarning or try to put yes, you sir. on the game so that you understand what's going on and, and try to, you know, kind of maneuver through the murky waters, man, because it, it's going to be times if recession hits, it, it can get tough. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, let's uh, pivot into uh dividends dividend yields like i said i want to spend a whole show on dividend but let's sort of introduce dividends div the dividend yield you know uh uh what is it uh when you look at it, how important it is uh to to buying or not buying a stock and, and those type of things what's up with the dividend yield I got you. All right. So, I mean, let, I'll start right off. I mean, we'll just talk about what a dividend is and we'll do that quickly. Right. So anytime exactly. a company says that they pay a dividend, a lot of times what it is is a payment that they're making. Basically, what they're doing is they're sharing the profits that the company made mm -hmm. and they're sharing it back with the people that are shareholders, stockholders, right? People that have invested in the company. Exactly. Right? Uh, a lot of times they're paying. There's different types of dividends, uh, but what they do is they pay it usually on a regular basis. Uh, and it's just another way for you to kind of add to your returns from investing in, you know, in that company or, you know, investing in that basket of companies okay. that pay dividends. Yeah. So where the yield comes into place, right? So they talk about yield. I give you guys the literal definition here where it's a financial ratio that shows the return investor would earn from an investment based solely on dividend payments. So mm -hmm. if you are, if the, if the investment that you made, you invested in Walmart, we'll just say, and Walmart pays a 4% dividend yield. If Walmart, you bought it at a hundred dollars and at the end of the year, it's still at a hundred dollars, we still would have earned all right, 4% off of that dividend yield. Yeah. Because really, they pay a 4% dividend. So, yeah. you know, it's a way for you to kind of gauge, hey, man, how much am I getting, you know what I mean, uh, percentage-wise on my right. money if this thing were to not make a single dollar. If mm -hmm. it was just sitting there and it, it stayed at $100 per share every day, 250 trading days a year, if the dividend yield was 4%, well, then, you know, you've made at least 4% because you've had your... Uh, you've gotten your, you know, those dividend checks, but right. there's a way to, you know, deal with dividend uh, checks. Also, uh, it's called dripping the account, right? So if you if you have a company that pays a dividend, we'll just say 3M. Mm -hmm. 3M pays a dividend. Mm -hmm. If you only own one share of 3M, 
and they pay a dollar fifty a quarter per share. That means they're going to mail you a check for a dollar fifty. Well, rather than than them sending you that check for a dollar fifty, go ahead and take that dollar fifty and just tell them, hey, do me a favor and reinvest it. So what they'll do is reinvest it, and they'll buy you another little fractional piece of a share with that. Whatever, however much, however many shares that dollar fifty will get you is what they're going to purchase, right? So it's called dripping it, right? Dividend reinvestment program. And Absolutely. it's a way for you to just say, hey, don't send me that $13 check, that you know, $27 check. Mm-hmm. I don't need that right now. Just go ahead and reinvest it. And as you continue to reinvest those dividends, you start to see like, man, I was able to buy an extra, you know, five shares over the last 10 years. I would get an extra right. five shares because of the dividend, you know, that so, it was paying. Yeah. So the 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 reinvestment is going to be a fraction of a whole uh, share. So, yeah, so if it, yeah, I mean, we'll just say something, yeah. if they paid you a dollar and yeah. it, and it was ten dollars, right? So they're going to buy you a tenth of a share. A tenth of a share, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So, uh, good. Now that we know what yields are, and 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 just know that just associate yield with percentage, dividend yield, dividend percentage that they pay you, is how I sort of look at it. Uh, so how important is uh knowing uh or, or let's just say uh the uh i guess it's more important the higher the yield is or is so or high yield yeah high yield can be good i will say this though what, what you don't want i mean while they can be attractive those high yields yeah uh some of the times that stuff can come at the expense of like potential growth of the company Okay. All right, so you figure that every dollar that a company is going to be paying in dividends to people that are invest to the shareholders mm-hmm. is one dollar that that company is not reinvesting back into the business. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So right. why that high dividend yield, yes, comes out and it's like, oh, man, that's good. You got to understand, is it a company that can continue to grow organically and, can, and still be able to pay out that high dividend yield? Right. So I think uh, I was reading that like General Electric. Right. They do, you know, manufacturing energy. They have, you know, those two divisions. Mm-hmm. When they started to like start underperforming from like 2015 to 2018, the stock price falls, right? Yep. Because earnings fall, stock price starts to fall. Well, you have a dividend yield that uh, was, you know, we'll just say it was at 3%, right? And now it goes up to 5%. Well, it's like, oh man, the dividend yield just increased, but that came at the expense of the stock price dropping. So it's not always necessarily just because it has a high yield doesn't mean that it is a great, you know what I mean, company to go and invest in. Yeah. You know, so don't want people to get fooled by saying, oh, man, this thing's got a 12% dividend yield. Yeah, well, 12%, if it starts off the year at a 6% dividend yield, it's probably because price of that stock has come down. Yeah. Right? They're still paying at that same dividend. So naturally, that yield percentage is going to increase, mm-hmm. but at the expense of, you know, the stock price, you know, dropping in value. Right, right. So uh, stock stock uh, uh, yields that that go down is that always a bad thing or uh if the year goes down i mean not necessarily because it could be that price is going up you know what i mean okay you know or sometimes it could be because that yield's coming down because hey we had to cut our dividend right so now yeah. again that could be a warning sign that hey they're not doing that as good or maybe they're cutting it because they want to go back to you know trying to reinvest mm-hmm. you know back into the company right trying to grow that company organically by not having to borrow mm-hmm. from banks and you know issue new shares and things of that sort so when you look at that dividend yield, you're trying to find out how much it's, you know, it, how, how does it compare in relation to what the stock price is? Okay. I mean, so if stock price starts to drop. Yeah, that yield goes up. But again, are you worried about getting those dividends? Or are you worried about that stock price being, you know what I mean? So it's kind of a twofold deal that, yeah, you want a good dividend yield, 
but you also want that stock to continue to appreciate because otherwise, why would you invest in it? You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, uh, and I know the answer to this, but do all companies have uh, give dividends? No. Okay. No, 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 no. Not yeah. Not all of them pay dividends, and some of them pay dividends, and they're very, very small. Mm-hmm. Uh, some pay very, very good dividends. So, I mean, it just depends on the company. Okay. Uh, but it's not always yeah. Not every company is going to pay a dividend out. And you just uh, got so. to, you've got to uh, uh, research the the ticker symbol to, and find mm-hmm. out which one uh, which ones give out dividends and and look at the yield and, and uh, so uh, and, and the percentage that it gives out and sometimes they like you said they are very small and and other times they you know they might seem pretty decent uh you want to look at some uh some stocks that actually give out dividends yeah for sure well one yeah. of them, i mean that i think it was just something that i've got my kids invested in something that you know uh, that i've invested in personally mm-hmm. is uh 3m it's kind of taken a beating you know this year okay but when you get to looking at uh so, so it's what mmm yep 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 mmm look at it and they pay something like five dollars 94 cents just and it's like a dollar 49 a quarter is what they pay uh okay. in dividends Okay. Let's see here. I'm trying to see kind of direct people to where they can find. Let's see if it's under financials. I'm on finance.yahoo.com to see where I can find the, uh, where it shows the dividend and all that stuff. Okay. I don't see it anymore on here. I always see it because I got my charting software. So it just naturally, you know what I mean? It pops up. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll find on here. Yeah. But anyway, 3M is 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 for sure. Again, they've kind of taken a beating this year, but they uh, you know, they they pay a very, very, very good dividend. So I it's, it's a dollar forty nine, so basically a dollar fifty. Yeah, you was yeah, right. So you figure a dollar fifty for every share that you own. If you mm-hmm. own ten shares, you're gonna make a check for fifteen dollars. Or you reinvest that fifteen dollars, you know what I mean, like we talked about. So oh here it is right there. It's right on it. So when you go to finance.yahoo.com, mm-hmm. type in MMM, it's gonna pop up. And then it is on the summary page. Yeah. And it is just to the left of the chart, the bottom of the chart, just to the left of that. It'll say forward uh, dividend and, and yield. So pays $5.96 or $5.96 a year, almost $6 yeah. a year. Yeah. And with a 4.78% dividend yield. Yeah. And the stock price is 126.35 right now. The 52 week high or the 52 week week range has been uh, anywhere from I believe it's low as uh, 107 and seven cents. Okay, and was as high as about 181, almost 182 dollars a share. So. Okay, so that was just the high point in the last 52 weeks. Yeah, last 52 weeks, and uh, okay. you know they fought some, you know, fighting fighting some legal battles as far as mm-hmm. you know they had some things with the soldiers and the earplugs, so been you know fighting that stuff. Okay. But again, solid so, company, been around forever. They got patents on a bunch of things. You know what I mean? I mean, it's 3M, a post notes. I mean, how many, you're, you're in education, man. How many times do you use a post-it note? Oh man, I saw, uh, I love post-it notes. So do way. I. I hate yeah. when people take my post-it notes and start making little <laughs> paper airplanes. One of my kids do it all the time, man. Like leave my post-its alone. Yeah. Last year before they moved us out of our old office, my entire desk was full of post-it notes. So I, one day I'm trying to clean them all off. I'm trying to figure out what, <laughs> you know, I, I can get rid of. I needed all that information. I couldn't get rid of nothing. 
<laughs> Unless I just wrote them on like a notepad or something, but I love yeah. post-it notes. I know it's, it's so easy to jot something down. Look, I've yeah. got them sitting on my, day, my on my computer screen right now, man. My to-do list is going to be yep on a post-it <laughs> note. Oh, yeah, look at IEP for me. Tell the people IEP. Yeah, yeah. IEP. Icon Enterprises. Dividend. Yeah, look, man. Woo wee. Them jokers are paying eight dollars a year. Two bucks, bucks a. a a quarter. a quarter. Yeah, almost 16% yield. I mean, so you're talking $8. You take that $8 yield or $8 dividend that they pay mm-hmm. and divide it by the current stock price of $50.45. Mm-hmm. It'll give you almost almost 16% yield. So yeah. if nothing else, if you bought right now at $50.45 a share, if this was January 1 and they pay them out right fiscal year, yeah. January, December, I mean, you would make 16%. I mean, you would make eight bucks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, alone. Absolutely. Just, you know, on the, on the, uh, and I've, 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 I think I bought it at 54 bucks is where I bought it at. And it's been above that and it's below that currently, I believe. But I've made, I've had it over a year. So I've made eight bucks on all the shares I have already. So, you know, that, that. That, yeah, that's gravy for me. Let's look at, uh, let's look at something that, uh, let's look at Johnson & Johnson, which I know the yield is a lot smaller, but it's practical. It's what people buy. You know, it's it's one of, of our defensive portfolio stocks. So let's look at Johnson & Johnson and see what they what they pan out. Yeah, I'll pull that up right now, man. I'm looking at a, I'm looking at IEP. I kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I tell you, I, I like, like that a bunch, man. I am. I'm, I'm loading up on it. If it, if it keeps going down, absolutely. I mean, it's uh it, trading kind of sideways. Yeah, yeah, I know. But, but I mean, I, I'll get on all I have. Yeah, yeah you know, that's exactly. I mean, it's been trading sideways now for months, almost. Mm-hmm. I mean, actually, for almost a, a year to the date, almost been trading kind of sideways. Man, been trading this little channel. Yeah, yeah. And at eight percent, you can't beat. I mean, they missed out on right. earnings, and matter of fact, they were just just came out of oversold territory. So from where it's at now, at fifty dollars a share, I mean, you're looking at Probably fifty-two would be the next one, and it's got a gap to fill. So I mean, fills yeah. that gap. You're looking at probably fifty-three bucks, and you're looking at three dollars a share, give or take, almost. Absolutely. So let's look it up. J and J. Here we go. Johnson and Johnson. Johnson and Johnson. Their most recent dividend was paid. Actually, they just paid it out yesterday. Okay. Dollar uh, thirteen. So you take that dollar thirteen, multiply it by four, and it gives you what the Yearly dividend is four fifty two. Yep, and then uh, if you take that four fifty two and you divide it by uh, the current share price of it's one seventy seven seventeen. Yeah. So a little more on the expensive side, mm-hmm. but I mean, again, they're paying you know two point five five percent as far as their dividend yield. Right. Uh, and I was looking at them like, again because it's one that I was talking to my father about and something that I'm adding to my portfolio personally. That over the I mean it. Let me go back because I think the last time that they missed on earnings, still going back, was there it is, mm. 2011. Oh, wow. So that's 11 years. So you're talking, yeah. I mean, you're talking 11 years running where yeah. their earnings, they have at least met or exceeded, you know, expectations of street. And so again, solid company. Yeah. Uh, you know, not going anywhere, right? That's people still having babies. People still using Johnson Johnson baby 
oil, right? Baby lotion, uh, tearless shampoo, right? I can still, I mean, I still, <laughs> I think about it, can smell it, right? Washing my children's hair when they were Bro. younger. And, uh, and the smell of Johnson Johnson baby uh-huh. shampoo, man. Yeah, I know. Baby, Johnson Johnson baby powder. I mean, it's, it's it gets you, man. It, that smell itself, yeah. I mean, that that's something that, and, and I'll tell people this, even, you know, at the, 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 the I mean, and, and expensive is relative, but 177 is probably expensive for most regular people. Uh, you know, if it's a stock that it's going to stand the test of time, if it's sort of what we consider a pandemic buster, a defensive stock, I would say, you know, buy it over time. You don't have to get 30 shares in one, yeah. you know, you one buy time. Little, man. Yeah. Keep hacking away at it. You know what right. I mean? I'm, I'm yeah. Definitely not telling anybody to go and, you know, say, oh, man, I got 25000 to buy all Johnson Johnson. Exactly. Definitely not saying that. But, I mean, to to own some shares of Johnson Johnson is definitely yeah. not going to hurt. So, yeah, I mean, year to date right now, it is up. And, again, mind you, 2022 has not been a great year. Yeah. It is still up 4%. And it was up as high as, let's see here, got as high as 8%. A little while there, and it's, I mean, it started to rally back. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, to be up 4% on the year, add to that the 2.5% that you get in the dividend yield. I mean, you're, you're looking at you've made 6%. You know what I mean, 6.5%. Already. Already. A hell of a lot more than what banks are paying. <laughs> right? You know what I mean? I mean looking like that, man, a lot more than what a bank's going to pay you right Absolutely. now to put some money in there. And then when you project like five, 10 years in the future, come on, man. You know, Look, I'll go else. back and I'll tell you what the over the last five years, what this thing has grown. Yeah. And the, the, the best way to project for the future is look to the past. Oh, yeah. And while we can never, I mean, we're never going to be able to predict it how we want. Right. It, you know, definitely a, uh, you know, if you want to know where something's kind of going, you know, history repeats itself, they say, well, no, you, you can't know where it's going if you don't know where it's been. Where it's been, exactly. So, look, I'm going back to September of 15 to today. You're talking years. 1,800 trading days since then. That thing is up 96%, almost 96.5% since mm. 2000, September of 2015. mm mm-hmm. That's that's makes me makes me kick myself. <laughs> I'm with you, but you got to think about it too, right? So let's go back, and you talk about going back seven years. Seven mm. years, it was at almost ninety dollars a share, which yeah. at the time, I mean, it's still ninety bucks a share. You for the average investor, probably can't afford to go and buy exactly. That was pretty high. Shares that, yep. you know what I mean? A hundred shares at, at ninety dollars a piece, man. We're looking at nine thousand dollars. Yep. And yep. if all you had was nine thousand dollars, I mean, you're putting all your eggs in one basket. Right. Now, would it have paid off? Yeah, it for sure would have paid off. Double your money. Times sure. where it got scary, right? So you talking mm-hmm. about, you know, when a pandemic hit, you know, I mean, even still, you were up at 90 bucks a share. Mm-hmm. You got it at $90 a share, and at the pandemic, it got as low. I mean, the low was 109. So you still would have been up. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I can't even say a share. Mm-hmm. You still would have been up. You know yep. what I mean? Yep. And you think now, man, the thing is 177. Even if you gotten in when 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 uh COVID first hit and, and the pandemic happened, mm-hmm. you'd still be up, you know, 70 bucks a share, 50 bucks a share. Let's look at a uh let's look at uh I guess an in vogue stock that everybody probably should have in their portfolio. Let's look at Apple. 
See what their yeah. dividend share. So I'll tell you, Apple does not pay a very big dividend. I'll tell you that right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I think there was some like 20 something cents, 23 cents. Okay. That's on the, okay. Well, let's say 23 cents, 23 cents on the quarter. All right. So take that, multiply it by four. So you get 92 cents a year. Yeah. yeah. Right. And it's currently trading at $140 a share. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but again, you talk about something that's, you know, kind of defensive. I mean, Apple, people are just still, they still buy Apple products and Apple, so apparently Apple has something about them where, you know, they're, they are able to stand test time. People love Apple products. Love them, right? I love Apple products. All right? I Game do too. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. This so, will make you sick. How about oh, this? Yeah. You go back to 2016, take a guess what Apple was trading at back then. So it split. So it got us before the split. It got as high as what four hundred something like that. Oh, so I do remember it went up a hell of a lot. But sixteen was like one, and they split four for one again. But I'm just talking based on you know split adjusted and everything. So trading at almost twenty dollars a share. It was twenty dollars a share in sixteen. Well, you got to go back and you have to again that split adjusted, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's before it went up to four hundred dollars. Yeah, it split twice since then or once. So they split once in uh, 2014, a seven for one split, and then they split again in August of 2020 for a four for one split. So does the seven for one split take them down to like twenty, thirty dollars where they were in sixteen? So if you just so if you go sixteen, well, you would right before they split the they were trading at we'll just say twenty three dollars a share, right? Yeah. So multiply that by seven, that'll tell you what it was trading at. Okay. Yeah, so roughly a hundred and yeah. So you divide that by seven for one split. You divide that by seven. So now you know it's down to, you know, twenty dollars give or take. And then you know price starts to go up, and then they happen again. They split again four for one. Divide the stock price by four, and it'll tell you more. So uh, so did anything happen? Did anything happen with the uh, dividend yield when they split? Did it go up? Go down? You know? uh, prior to them splitting, yes. Yeah. So when when they split, you know, it's going to also that that split will also be affect it will affect the the dividend. Okay. You know what I mean. So if you go back to right before they split seven for one, they were paying a dividend of you know three twenty nine, and then they split seven for one, so that dividend came down to forty seven cents. But while people are like, oh my god, you know, it came down three dollars, you know, a share on their dividend, but you also just got seven shares for every one that you owned. Yeah. So yeah. So my my thing is, did it affect the yield or no? Because the percentage, nah, it's, it's all it's all relative. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, there's just a, you know, if if we split seven for one, you're just gonna divide everything by seven. Mm-hmm. All right. But the so percentage stays the same. Yeah, the percentage is gonna stay the same. So I mean, if you had right something that was you know ten dollars share, you know you had ten shares, something that splits ten for one. All right. So yeah. now you have a hundred shares. You take the dividend divided by ten. Yeah. Is going to again, so the dividend was it's 10 cents, split, uh, yeah. So yeah. it's going to keep that same yield, yeah. The yield will stay the same. What's going to affect the yield split. is these is this is the price of the stock or if they cut the dividend, that's what's really going to affect the yield, okay. Okay, yeah. Uh, okay, let, let's get into that then. So, uh, I guess there's a few different reasons why companies would either slice it or just stop paying a dividend altogether. Uh, could you give me one or two, maybe? Yeah, so it goes, and I'll tell you, Carnival Cruise Line, man. Carnival Cruise Line was paying a dividend that was very, very good. As a matter of fact, I know people that were invested in them because of the dividend. Yeah. And then once pandemic hit and, you know, COVID shut everything down, 
Nope. They stopped paying. Their last dividend payment was February 20th of 2020. Okay. And they're paying 50 cents a share. So, you know, two bucks a year. Okay. Yeah, and that was decent. That, yeah. Two dollars a year. Yeah. I mean, uh, two dollars no. a year and your stock price is at, you know, 43 bucks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can't beat that. So, so the, the so the pandemic happened. You know, the shutdown happened years. in March. So yeah, so. they didn't even give people a month or two. Well, I guess the, the quarter. So the the next one would have been in May. So yeah, they was like, once yeah, May hit, paid, we're not paying. March they paid it in March. Uh, so April, May, June they would have paid it again. They ideally would have paid it again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. you know, again, things like that happen, right? So they're not making as much money. You know, the, there's no profit to share with the. With the shareholders, you know what I mean? There's right. no profit to be able to share with the stakeholders. So, right. you know, they cut their dividend and, you know, not paying anymore. Hopefully they get back to paying it. It'd be great. Love to see Carnival Cruise Line get back on, uh, on back on that high horse, start yeah. to trade a little sideways here. So hopefully it's finally found some, you know, some solid support where it can take off and, and run again. But man, dude, it, I mean, the fall from grace, COVID was not good to the cruise lines, man. At all. From 50, almost $52 a share. Down to eight dollars and eighty nine cents a share right now with a straight net. Bro, did did you hear about uh, the passenger who fell off of uh, Carnival Cruise Line, and he he didn't die? Let me just put it out there. He he was in the war. He was treading water for twenty hours. Gosh, before, before, they, before they found him. Yeah, and he survived. Was, yeah, he uh, he said that he survived. I guess. Uh, tree bark or something he was gnawing Load on, on it. And, yeah and he said that the the seawater was, was left a bad taste in his mouth but he was he was dehydrated they said when they were when they uh got him he collapsed he he probably wouldn't have made it another hour wow you know? but it was 20 hours so you know and we went on a cruise with the with the family took the kids and everything we went to royal caribbean man and that was one thing my wife was truly, truly worried about. Like, man, yep. what if one of the kids fall off? And that's what I'm uh, worried about. I'm thinking about a Disney cruise, but I'm worried. Man, I, I, that's something I want to go on. Man, I love Disney. Me too. Me love too. Disney. Mm-hmm. Now, their stock has not been great, but right. they stopped paying dividend. Also, they they did, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it seems like. They are on the way back, but I don't know if they've started paying a dividend again. But the, you know, their, their stock seems like uh, it, it might be steady decline, man. <laughs> right, I'm telling you, yeah. So from March of 2021, man, it has been just been kind of when it started thinking it was gonna make a rebound, man, and yeah. boom, just I mean, just getting punished, punished, punished. It's finding a lot of support now, right around the range where it's at right now, between ninety, ninety-three dollars a share, but yeah. Yeah. Man, something's got to give. Like, come on, need those yeah. Anybody's look. I'm invested in Disney. My wife actually still has actual Disney shareholder certificates. Certificates, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's crazy. For all you guys that are uh, that, that are not millenn- that are millennials, Plus, uh, subscribers, <laughs> go ahead and go ahead and subscribe to that Disney Plus for me, man. Go ahead and get yeah. these, the stock back to back to I, where it needs absolutely. to be. Absolutely, I was going to ask because I'm I, I do have Disney Plus. Cause I just love Disney. But uh, you know, when when they had pl- when they introduced it, I I thought that it would be a big boom to their stock price because I had their stock at the time Disney Plus came out. I don't have Disney stock anymore, but I did when the, when Disney Plus came out, and uh, yeah, 
it, it, it still it traded sideways for a long time when I had it, you know. And so yeah. I, you know, I sold it, but you know. Yeah, they were paying almost 2.4 percent as far as dividend yield, man. They're paying like 350 a, a year before okay. they start paying. Yeah. yeah. But Disney again, you know, regardless of where the price is right now, man, Disney's coming to that. I believe Disney's not going anywhere. Absolutely. You right. know what I mean? Like Disney's gonna be around for I mean, for years to come, man. So Good. You know, if they do manage to, you know, I don't know that it's going to continue to fall from here or again, can't predict any of that stuff, but yeah, it is a company that I believe in. I mean, they're not Absolutely. going anywhere, they're going to be around for a while. So it's something that. Good. So I hope everybody has gotten some good value, value, you know, regarding these dividend yields. Let, let's jump into uh, something uh, that, that's pretty interesting, pretty fun. I mean, let, let's talk a few uh, sports uh, icons and, and some, some of the contracts that they signed. Yeah. Hey, before you jump into that, mm-hmm. you just talking about a Disney cruise, man. I'm looking at the news here now, man. That Walt Disney Cruise Line is set to return to the Bahamas, the Caribbean, and Mexico in 2024. So there it is, man. That's what we need. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Departure from Florida, Texas, Louisiana, and California. Bookings open to the public December 15th. So eight days from today, you guys go ahead and book that Disney cruise. 2024, going to the Bahamas, Caribbean, and, and to Mexico. Man, that's good to hear. That's good news. Yeah, that is good to know. Uh, let, let, let's look at uh, Justin Verlander, man. Uh, the boy left the Astros, and he's uh, he signed a two-year, $86.6 million contract with the Mets, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not taking anything away from, from what that man's capable of doing because I cannot do what Justin Verlander does. I'm not I hear you. That. I hear you. But eighty something million dollars for two years to get on that mound. Do you think the Astros were fools for not paying him that money? Nope. Good. I, I don't did. either. And here's I, why I say that, man. Yeah. Springer. Mm-hmm. You don't want you don't like our contract? See ya. Correa, you don't like our contract? See ya. And guess what? Keep they on had, winning, baby. Beat. That's right. Just, <laughs> just keep winning, man. Like Al Davis, just win, baby. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and I, I absolutely that the the uh, the franchise is doing some things right. And the reason that I don't mind him moving on is because of the depth we have. Like we had like six starting pitchers, maybe seven when uh, McCullers came back. Like seven yep. legit starting pitchers, like none of yep. them sucked. So yep. yeah, I mean, we don't need to pay ninety million dollars, you know. Although no. I, I feel like he's going to be really good, but I think even the Mets still need pitching depth. They have him and they have Scherzer. Yeah, and, well, and that's, he's that's been injured too. Done. You know what I mean? And yeah. like you know, Verlaine has been on the mound consistently for for the Astros either. I mean, he's thirty nine years old. You know, yeah. I mean, about to be forty years old coming up next year, February. Yeah. And uh, I mean that. Look, that's not to say that he's not worth every one of those, you know, eighty six point right. six million dollars that he got. Another but, contract: Aaron Judge, nine years, three hundred and sixty million. Yeah. I thought they were done giving out ten year, four hundred million dollar contracts. No, man, are you kidding me? Look at what Machado got. I hit no I, Juan Soto, I, Machado, Tatis. These are all dudes that. Uh, here we go. I, I got it pulled up right now, man. San Diego Padres players and contracts. All right. Tatis becomes a free agent in 2035. <laughs> or, hold on. And, and becomes a grand a grandfather. <laughs> right? 14 year, $340 million contract. Yeah, Machado, but what's that 10 like? year, $300 million contract. 
You Darvish, six year, one twenty six. Joe Musgrove, five year, hundred million. Bro, crazy. Bro, that's crazy. We got We got yeah. We, we got to uh, get some of these pro athletes to 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 buy any of your hedge fund, man. I mean, he, he, yeah, you ain't lying. <laughs> Here's the crazy thing about this stuff, though, man. Is you're talking about almost a billion dollars in just five guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like a when you Trout million. and all these guys got, yeah, with a B. Yeah. Like as anybody, if somebody gets a $500 million contract, a half a billion dollar contract, is there <laughs> anybody in the world that is worth half a billion dollars to play a sport? Yeah. Is, is 60 home runs worth that kind of money? Uh, I mean, if, if, you know? can he do it consistently? Can he do that, you know, year in and year out? I'm not right. taking anything away from the man. What again? Those guys do things that I can never imagine doing in baseball. Yeah, yeah, I could. I can't hit 60 mile per hour ball, much less uh, 100. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. how about this? You want to do all that, and you're going to pay money, right? Because it draws in the fans, and you mm -hmm. sell tickets, you fill the stadium, you sell mm -hmm. memorabilia, you sell right. That's yeah. great. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, man, that kid had to be coached by somebody. That boy had to be taught by somebody. Absolutely. I can't get broke off with like you know a hundredth of that contract. I can't get man. You know, I can't yo, get fifty grand. I taught you. I taught you <laughs> to hit that slider, and you, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, man. That's not worth a half of half a percent. Here, here we are. You know what I mean? Having to deal with with knuckleheads in the school system, right? And these jokers go on, and again, they are masters of the craft. They are you know extraordinary what they do. Absolutely. But I'm an extraordinary teacher. I can't get a you absolutely know, a, a five year. I sign a five year. You hey, know, three hundred fifty million contract. I could do an art with the best of them, baby. You lying? <laughs> Teach math. You know what I mean? Just let me know. I can do it. Yeah. 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 Crazy, hey. Hey, we had a couple more names, man. We run out of time, big dog. Uh, it was fun, bro. And every week okay. is fun, dude. It's always yeah, good. Man. <laughs> it's always. And people realize that there's a backstory to us, also, man. That we did coach together. You know what I mean? That it's not yeah. just some random dude you met online. It's, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that, 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 there is a. Uh, there's for sure a backstory to it all, yeah, man. man. Yeah, we 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 had some fun times together, brother. Uh, you know, I would have liked to have made the playoffs at Sterling. I think oh. we a game short. Hey, Yates came back on us. Well, that dude, I, that burns. That, look, you know what we went home with that that night? A, con a consolation prize of a timeout. Because I remember OC telling me, "Yo, Eddie, want to call a timeout here?" I'm like, "No, I don't want to give him time to draw up a trick play. Nothing. Like, Something no, like that. Yeah, just yeah. back him up. Back him up. That and made sense. Forget. Yeah, I never forget that Joker. I mean, just selling wolf tickets at corner. <laughs> Coach, I ain't had a ball call me in three weeks. I ain't had a ball call me in three weeks. Drop back. And he over was the top. He couldn't have placed it in that dude's hand any better. Touchdown, we he, lose. And the he was actually wasn't well, no, he was playing better. He was playing. He had gotten great. much better. Yeah. Week by week. And he just dropped the ball on that one. We ain't calling you, we ain't calling your name, my brother, but you know who you are. That's you know exactly who you are. You're the reason why they did not take the VA and rename that thing Coach uh Villa Apartments. Already. <laughs> you know what I mean, the VA should have been. They told me, hey, boy, we'd have beat them. They'd have renamed the VA after the round. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that would have been huge for you, bro. That's one, <laughs> you know what? And that's one of those deals where, you know, you live and learn. Next time I'm calling yeah, that timeout. Yeah, settle man. our kids down, back yeah. them up. You yeah. know, we ain't even rush quarterback. No need to. I'm going to rush two, and we're going to drop nine. And yeah. the ball's going to go. Dude, we had just scored. We got the yep. two point conversion. Yep. That boy Chaz was toting the rock at fullback. I mean, it was, killing it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. It was yeah. a good game. Yes, sir. <laughs> All 
All right, man. Uh, All right, next next week, week, uh, we'll talk about dividends and and maybe talk about uh, Deion Sanders and and his contract. But yes, sir. Yeah, and everybody, like I said, stay on the lookout, man. Follow us, eight one capital. Join the Facebook group. We got the giveaway coming up. Sports yes, memorabilia. And I actually got another gift that we're giving away. A buddy of mine I work with started a business with his daughter, man. So I I, I purchased to do as a giveaway. Also help All support right, another small business. So stay on the lookout for that. Yes, sir. Till next time, boy. Yes, sir, brother. Take care, man. I'll see you next week. All right, buddy. All right, man. Yeah.